Welcome back into another episode of the Up Tempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight we are joined by a special guest, Chris Trevino, a writer for USC and also a recruiting insider for the Trojans. He comes on to uh, talk a little bit about uh, Lincoln Riley joining USC, leaving Oklahoma, what he's done in the transfer portal, recruiting, only been on the job for two months, Caleb Williams and how big of a spark that was finally getting him enrolled in classes out there in L.A. He talks about the buzz around the program, what Hollywood's feeling, uh, talks a little bit about the glamour out there in L.A. and how it's still uh, just as big out there. Maybe not just as big, but it's 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 a, it's a big deal out there compared to here. You know, they want USC back on the map. And Chris goes over that. Uh, just a really good episode, really good guy. Uh, gave me 20, 25 minutes of his time, and we really appreciate Chris. We're going to get him back on closer to football season, and, uh, and we're going to talk about the Trojans even more because, like I mentioned in this episode, man, USC was a big part of my teenage years. Uh, the Matt Liner, the Reggie Bush, Lindell Whites, uh, just good stuff. And, and, look, college football is better with USC in the picture. Um you know, you start getting USC in the college football playoff, and it just puts another perennial powerhouse in there with the Ohio States, the Alabamas, and uh, and the Michigans. It's uh, it's what college football needs. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to let you wait around any longer. Uh, here comes Chris Trevino right at you. Enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. And today we are joined by a special guest, Chris Trevino. He is the writer and recruiting insider for the USC Trojans. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great. Um, thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Haven't done an, an SEC Southern-based podcast, so I'm excited to get that on the resume. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, gr- when I was growing up, um, USC, they were the almighty power. Uh, the Carson Palmers, Matt Leinerts, Reggie Bushes, Dwayne Jarrett's. Man, I could go on and on. Um, and you know, my listeners in the SEC, I've been trying to branch out and, and go out west and up north and 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 just give give them uh, another side of what's going on out there with USC and how they're getting back. But first, I want to talk a little bit, man. How long have you been doing this for USC? And tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so I'm actually a East Coast transplant. I'm uh, from the state of Maryland, I went to oh, University wow. of Maryland, journalism degree, sports journalism, all that. I got a job covering high school sports out in the out in Long Beach, California. It's my first like real job, just mm-hmm. you know, typical high school sports reporter. Did that for a couple of years, and then I got uh, introduced to some people I know, uh, a, a high school coach that I cover. You know, he said, you know. I know somebody at 247, they're looking to hire somebody to cover USC. I threw your name out there, and that's kind of how that happened. And that was, shoot, wow. I'm going on maybe like five, six years. I think this might be my sixth year. It just, it's just gone so quickly, you know. Mm. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, the next couple of years, um, you know, it's a really fun adventure covering USC. There's always something happening, but obviously <laughs> USC hasn't been – uh, the USC, as you talked about, you know, that, that giant out West. So uh, I'm hoping the, the next couple of seasons here that I get to cover are going to be some fun ones, you know, maybe some college football playoffs, maybe a national title game, you know, 
at the very least, multiple Pac-12 championship games to go to because I've only been to one. So that's kind of my story. Um, you know, entering the back half of hopefully 10 years, going to be covering this team, but we'll see. Mm. So just about six or five years, that, that's how long I've been doing this. Man, that's awesome. That's good stuff. Uh, Chris, you know, like you mentioned, the national championship games and the playoffs, USC getting back to it. I think you guys could have a Heisman coming on the way. Uh, you know, the the transfers in and everything. What's the buzz around the city, man, uh, The from the, the former players and the celebrities in L.A., man? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a big misconception that, you know, it's it's Hollywood. There's, like, the glitz and glamour, and people don't mm-hmm. really care about, you know, high school or college football. They don't care about USC football. But that's that has not been the case. You know, I've been doing this for, for five years, and, you know, those, those, those fit that fan base, those Trojan fans were, mm-hmm. you know, getting really upset about the way the program was going, and I was hearing Absolutely. about it every day. They wanted USC to be back. I'm, I'm sure you're, you're aware of it, you know, going out there with uh, SEC football. Mm-hmm. The fans care. They're passionate. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't reach that level of passionate out here and out there, you know, with the SEC, but USC fans are passionate. You know, they are a traditional blue blood program. Mm-hmm. They're one of the best of the best. You make that list, you know, USC's in that top five, even in that top three. So there was real, there was a lot of pain out here just from how, how you know, from where the program had fallen. And now with Lincoln Riley, you know, he, you know, he said it himself in his, his opening press conference. You know, he's trying to make this the mecca of college football again, the Coliseum. Mm. He's trying to waken that giant up out west. You know, he wants everyone to know that USC is coming back. And that's sort of, you know, the legacy he wants to build. He wants to bring USC football back. And that would be a heck of a, uh, you know, a resume point, a heck of a legacy to build for, for a young coach to kind of rebuild and uh, bring back, you know, the Trojans. College football is better when there is power out West and no USC is rolling. So I know maybe some, some SEC teams are, are, are going to be put on alert about, you know, mm-hmm. the power out West. And I know SEC teams have been uh, poaching all that California talent, but you know, <laughs> Bryce Young. Riley, his, his, his plan is to, to stop all that and keep all that talent at home. So no everyone's doubt. really excited about that. You know, from former players, you know, you got Matt Leinart fired up, fired up. You know, just everyone who's been associated with the program for more players, they're just really excited about what, what Lincoln Riley's about and what, you know, he's saying he's going to do. And Chris, man, I, I see it on Twitter all the time. The 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 battles between USC and Oklahoma on Twitter, they crack oh, me up. It is yeah. uh, it has been a time, man, and, and I stay laughing at it. But when did uh, when did USC know that that they were getting Lincoln Riley, man? Yeah, I mean, the timeline has just been really, you know, secretive. And this was sort of a deal that was like not a lot of people obviously knew about this because it was so quiet. Mm -hmm. To pull off a move that big, you need a move in secrecy, you know. So you couldn't trust a lot of people to to know this big secret. So at the most, it was maybe like four people that really knew what was really going on behind the scenes. And, Mm. you know, I, I don't think a lot of people realize just how close it wasn't supposed to happen, you know. Oklahoma State had win, wins that Bedlam game. Mm-hmm. So Lincoln Riley's probably not the USC head coach, you know, because they're worried about, you know, going and playing the uh, the Big 12 championship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most coaches, you know, respectable coaches aren't going to lead their team, you know, playing for a conference championship. So, and USC, you know, was running out of time with the, with the early – needed to get someone in there quickly to help, you know, rebuild that 2022 class. So if Oklahoma State wins that uh, – doesn't pull off that win, 
you know, chances are, you know, USC is probably looking at maybe Matt Campbell as their head coach. So wow. I don't think, I don't think USC really knew until that, that game was over, you know, in the aftermath of that game, which was a close game. It was a great game. So I'm blanking on the, the date, but when was that like the 28th and 27th? Yeah. November. Yeah. That, that's kind of like when it really came together that that 24 hour span, because that game was sort of hanging everything in the balance. And it's crazy when you think about it, like how one play, one fumble, one turnover, one mistake changes the whole outcome of what we're talking about right now. And, you know, man, he had all us fooled because we thought he was going to LSU because that's all the talk. Yeah, and the, and the great the great thing about that is that, you know, he didn't lie about LSU. You know, everyone was asking – or he didn't lie about anything. You know, they asked him, mm-hmm. are you going to be the, the, the LSU head coach? He said, no, I will not be the LSU head coach. Um, so, obviously, it really helped USC in the sense that it was like a big smoke stream for them. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that LSU rumor got to get out there. It leaked. You know, it – it became, you know, uh, a media cycle, a media frenzy for everyone was like, oh, Lincoln Riley's going to LSU, Lincoln Riley's going to LSU. And then it kind of was a great smoke stream for the Trojans because the Trojans weren't even on anyone's radar at that point. That was just like mm-hmm. something that was just seemed to come out of left field. But obviously this was a something that the USC administration, uh, Brandon Sazna and Mike Bone, something they had been, you know, working on for a long time. You can't just make that move. In 24 hours, you need that's a long plan move. So it was a great smoke screen. And then to kind of, to come in and swoop in and make it happen, you know, that's how it had to go down. Well, Chris, can you talk a little bit about the job that Lincoln has done in the short time that he's been there uh, through the portal and, and the recruiting stuff, man? Yeah, I mean, you can look at, you know, Lincoln Riley's what he's done. You're, they're already making the jokes that Lincoln Riley's underpaid for what he's already <laughs> done in these, these two months. You know, Lincoln Riley is one of those head coaches in college football that just his name carries so much sway and cachet. Mm-hmm. You know, he can walk into a high school and everyone knows who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, he can walk into an in-home visit and the parents know know what, what he's about. You know, he has the Heismans from the Heisman quarterbacks that he's produced. Um, you know, he's been to the college f- football playoff. You know, he is a young, energetic, charismatic coach. So that, that naturally goes – that plays a lot into why he's so successful on the recruiting trail. He's relentless. And when he flew out here to, to California, his first stop, he was already making in-home visits. You know, mm. He was with Relique Brown the first day he got to California. So he hit the ground and he hit the, the ground hard. You know, he didn't you know take a week to get settled. No, he was right in there. He was hitting up schools, hitting up anyone he could, taking in-home visits. And that's sort of the relentlessness – that's sort of what he's built with the staff. If you're not going to recruit, you're not going to be on a staff. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to, if you're not going to be a part of, play a part in helping build the best roster that they can, you're not going to be part of the support staff. You're not going to be part of this culture they're building. So mm-hmm. he's built a incredibly good recruiting cl- uh, recruiting staff, and you've seen that pay off. Even though you know they were coming in a little bit late, but it really helps when you when you have great recruiters. And you're a great recruiter like like Lincoln Riley is. You know, you can come in and sell that vision. But obviously the portal helps bridge the gap between, you know, a program in transition. They saw a lot of guys leave through the transfer portal out of USC. So they went back into the portal to try to supplement the guys that were leaving, the right kind of guys, you know, the guys that fit what they're trying to do there. And, you know, they've had some misses. You know, it hasn't all been, you know, hits, mm-hmm. but you know, they're they're still grinding. This past January, they were at so many schools. We kind of did a piece where we kind of broke down every school they were at, and it was just 
relentless work. The, the Jet put on some miles. I'll tell you that. <laughs> they, they built up some miles on their rewards card. So they were out there hitting the pavement. Now it's a little bit of a quiet period, so they can get a little bit of rest in. But, yeah, the job he's done in these two months has been incredible. And for them to, you know, take a class that was in the hundreds when he took it over, <clears throat> now it's a top 10 overall class mm-hmm. in our 24-7 overall rankings, which factors in, you know, the high school guys you sign mm-hmm. and then the transfer portal guys you bring in. And then the number one overall transfer class. I mean, he said that portal hard and he's Amazing. done a great job. And there's still a couple, still a couple pieces they need, but... I'm sure he's gonna fix those in, in the coming months, you know, in March and in April when spring spring camps are wrapping up, and you see another transfer rate wave. Well, Chris, man, I, I know we didn't talk about it uh, before we got on here, but but how big was it to get Caleb Williams? Yeah, I mean, just talk about already, like we just talked about, already building a transfer class that is that was considered, you know, top two in the country, mm-hmm. and to, that was even before you got a. Heisman caliber talent like Caleb Williams. I mean, you know, there was a lot of, you know, speculation about that move when he first came over, like, oh, is Caleb going to join? And obviously that did finally make the decision to, you know, I'm going to go look in the books out there. You know, you had George's name in there. You had uh, LSU. You had, you had even Auburn's name in there. I've seen, you know, Wisconsin obviously came in late. UCLA was considered a, a, a contender for them, but you just look at it on paper, I mean, USD made the most sense. You know, no Lincoln doubt. Riley was the guy he wanted to play for coming out of uh, Gonzaga High School in Washington, D.C. Washington, shout mm-hmm. out, you know, I'm from the D.C. area, so got to shout <laughs> out to DMV. Um, so it just made so much sense. And then accelerates what Lincoln is able to do next season. You know, this is a team that won four four games last year one of their worst seasons in like two decades. And, you know, getting a Heisman guy is going to help you recruit a little bit harder mm-hmm. in the next coming months. You know, Caleb can get on the phone with someone. Caleb can DM someone and say, hey, come play with me. You know, I'm a Heisman guy. Mm-hmm. He, he's a legitimate Heisman guy. He should be in New York next season, and he no could doubt. win it within, you know, two seasons. No doubt. Um, and that just, you know, kids want to play for that. You know, that's going to help in your 2023 class, which is already off to a great start. So it just helps you in recruiting and then just helps you with stuff on the field. Obviously, the, the whole team needs to learn this new offensive scheme. But having a guy there like Caleb, who's a leader, who, who players resonate with and mm-hmm. want to play for, you know, that just helps the transition go a lot smoother. Guys that will buy in a lot quicker when you have your quarterback as talented as Caleb, you know, who's already been through the system, already knows what Lincoln wants. It just it just helps so much, you know, uh, accelerate, you know, the the play on the field and then obviously man you know you talk about uh you being from from the dc area i'm a huge nationals fan uh just just throwing that out there real quick uh love the washington uh, i have to ask why, why why the nationals well what's going on there um you know here I, i'm down in mobile alabama it's it's yeah. a lot of braves country uh my mom is a dental hygienist and okay uh she Cleaned the third base coach uh, for the Nationals' teeth, uh, Bob Henley. Uh, okay. She she cleans his teeth uh, uh, every every time he comes down to Mobile. Uh, he's from here in in Grand Bay, Alabama, and um, I have spent um, a, a couple games up in uh, Washington, and I got to go out on the field 
Uh, and I got to meet Bryce Harper when he was there. Um, man, uh, oh, so he hooked you up. He oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, okay. Yeah. I got to meet Strasburg, uh, Max Scherzer. Man, it, it was awesome. Uh, I'm just a huge Nats fan. But uh, getting back on the USC, Chris, uh, what are the expectations of the 2022 season for y'all? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really touch on this one, you know, talking about Caleb, but obviously it's just going to make those expectations so much greater for for next season. Like I said, USC won four games last year. You know, with Lincoln, let's say they didn't get Caleb, and they still have these this transfer class they're bringing in. I mean, I think the expectation was at least one, they were going to go to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. They were going to be able to get to that six-win mark. You know, now with this transfer class, not including factoring Caleb, you know, they're mm-hmm. probably looking at maybe eight to nine wins. But now you throw Caleb in there, you know, in a Pac-12, a conference that's really not, you know, world beaters. You know, it's not the SEC. It's not mm-hmm. the Big Ten. It's the Pac-12, which has been down the last couple uh, – will take the whole decade. Yeah. So it's not the strongest conference, and that's going to make it so much easier for USC to – you know, springboard into this new era of Lincoln Riley. And the schedule, when you look at it, isn't that tough. You know, you don't get Oregon. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't got to go to those places. You do got Utah, which is, you know, they had a great season last year, and they're going to be just as good this year, I think. Mm-hmm. So that that is going to be a challenge. But it's doable, you know. There's going to be – there's going to be – you're going to be able to – work for a double digit wins you know i think the expectation now with caleb and we've kind of talked about it in our podcast on our, on our site you know is usc a dark horse playoff contender i think so but they still need mm-hmm. a couple of pieces and a couple things to go their way they still need a couple offensive linemen they still need some defensive linemen bad could use some more edge rush help you know those questions will be answered moving forward as we get into summer and after spring camp mm-hmm. but if you get those handled I don't see why USC, you know, can't be eleven and one at some point next season. You know, the schedule is favorable. Mm. You got a Heisman guy. You got some weapons. You got a, a good O line, an experienced O line that you know just needs some depth. It's all going to come down to that defense and how quickly this offense can pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if things come together, mm-hmm. you know, you could be looking at a team, you know, in the top ten of the college football playoff rankings. And if they make the Pac-12 with one loss, the Pac-12 championship with one loss, you know, mm. who knows? Who knows what that's going to look like? Because they're definitely going to get the buzz. You know people want to talk about USC, and you know no doubt. national national media is going to be hyping up USC with those preseason polls. So you know there's going to be a lot of expectations. So the Caleb thing only is like gasoline on the fire already. So I would expect USC to be a top 15 preseason team at least right now, having – John Caleb uh, on board. So the expectations just increased like tenfold. Love that, Chris, man. And and I'm, I'm excited. I, uh, like I said earlier, growing up watching USC, man, it was, um, I, I can tell you, I walked around when I was in high school, I was a freshman in high school when Reggie Bush was at USC. And I used to, uh, I printed out like pictures of him and I'd slide them in my, in my binder. And uh, in the yeah. face of my binder, because I just thought Reggie Bush was I mean, I thought he was Hollywood, man. And and, you know, me being an Auburn fan, I mean, I was out here watching USC games and I'm just so excited for that program to get back. Um, but, man, can you tell my listeners where they can find you on social media and, and, and follow your stuff if they want to keep up with USC? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I write for uh, 24-7 Sports, uscfootball.com. Uh, you can check me out there on Twitter, at Chris N. Trevino. Mm-hmm. Spelled like the golfer for any of you golf fans. No, <laughs> we're not related. But that's Chris, the letter N, Trevino on social media. You can find me there. Um, I just hit 10K uh, followers, so I'm happy about that. So I look a little bit more legit. Um, but yeah, come come join. I'm, I'm, I'm posting wild things over there. I'm just posting funny stuff, so... I don't take it too seriously on my Twitter. So <laughs> that's awesome, man. Uh, Chris, I, I really uh, appreciate you coming on, man, and and hopefully I can get you back on closer to football season. And uh, and I, I just uh, I can't wait for that USC program to get back, man. Yeah, I think it's gonna be an exciting ride to see what happens the next couple of years. And like I said, hopefully I got a fun team cover. Hopefully USC will be back. Uh, in the national, the national sense, and not you know like a laughing stock kind of way, but um, yeah, absolutely, I will absolutely come back on this podcast. Just, just hit me up, let me know. Appreciate it, Chris. Have a good one, man. You too.